Hello and welcome to the RadioTimes.com Doctor Who podcast. My name's Hugh. My name's Morgan. And this week we are especially resolute in our determination to do a Doctor Who podcast because we're talking about Resolution. Yes, Resolution, the 2019 New Year's special of Doctor Who, uh, Jodie Whittaker's first festive special, uh, which we're apparently about to get a sequel to in the 2021 New Year's Day festive special, Revolution of the Daleks. Um, so yeah, I mean, I revisited it over the weekend. Um, and yeah, I mean, Morgan, I don't know, what, what was your reaction to Resolution the first time you saw it back, back in 2019 or late 2018, I think in our case? Yeah, it's, it, it was an episode that I really, um, I really remember enjoying at the time, actually. I think, especially because it was coming off uh, series 11, well, in particular, um, Battle of Ranskorab Kolos, which I think, in my opinion, was a bit of a, a damp squib of, of a finale. It didn't really feel like uh, series 11 had that kind of forward momentum that some of the previous series had had, where it built to this grand finale. Um, but then Resolution kind of acted as that de facto series 11 finale, and it brought back um, the Daleks, or at least a Dalek, um, so I really enjoyed it at the time, um, but it's not one that I've revisited until until now. Like you, I, I went back and rewatched it, and I, I think slightly the the attention grabbing nature of what followed with with series twelve, where you have the Master and a Fugitive Doctor and Timeless Children, um, that's now dominated the conversation so much that uh, resolution sometimes gets unfairly overlooked. But going back and watching it again, I re I really enjoyed it. I thought it, I thought it was really good. I thought it was fun, funny, um, quite emotional at points, and, and really pacey, it flies by as well. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so I, I think it's quite interesting resolution because like you said, it, it came very quickly after the finale as well. I think it's the shortest mm. gap, possibly wrong on this, but I think it's the shortest gap between the end of a Doctor Who series and the festive special that there's um, been in since they started doing the festive specials properly. Um, so it kind of acted as a, like like you said, a de facto finale, even though it was also, I think it's technically classed as part of series 12 um, because of some reason, even though it came out like two weeks after series 11, but it's very much more like series 12. You know, obviously you've got the Dalek back in there, which is kind of more like that thing, but I watched it and then Spyfall started auto-playing and I watched about 10 minutes of Spyfall. And actually it's very similar to Spyfall, like the kind of, the kind of, the pace of it, like you said, the kind of, being on present day earth i suppose but the kind of way it treats the characters and the fact it's very much tied into the companions in a better way it's very much of a sort of duology with that other episode and i think it's kind of interesting how much more it feels like series 12 than series 11. um but yeah no it's it's, it's definitely interesting to go back and look at it i also remember really liking it at the time i think it was one of those ones where i watched it and i was like god yeah this is what i've been wanting <laughs> this yeah. is kind of what i've been waiting for with the series and then you know i think series 12 kind of did that even more um, and I think you know there's a question there of whether part of the reason we like this episode so much at the time was because like you said it came off the back of Ranskorab Kolos which was a bit of a dance mm. with um, but I do think it's pretty fun like watching it uh, on Friday I was just like this is just a laugh isn't it you know it's you, there's, there's not there's not much fat on it you just kind of race along it's mm. an hour long um, you kind of you 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 know you, you meet all these nice characters you kind of just have a bit of an adventure with one Dalek you know, it's all solved at the end. There's a nice little joke about unit, which I think is pretty funny. I know some people find it a bit controversial. And, um, and also, um, when when I went back to that, it, they only say that unit has been suspended, true. not permanently disbanded. There's there's scope there for unit Pending to return. With you. if, you're, if you're, if yeah, exactly. If you're still mad about that, there is a way out. 
yeah, so I think there's a lot to like about it. And I think I'm quite interested that they've decided to kind of follow on from it because it's sort of like, it's very separate from the bit, all the arc stuff we have in series 12, but it definitely does kind of lend itself to kind of setting up a follow-up. You know, because there is still there are still some questions. Like I remember at the time, I was a bit like, "What is this company um, that has all these Dalek weapons, and why do we never meet anyone who works there?" Like, surely you'd investigate that a bit. And you know, why would you? I think people made jokes at the time about them just leaving a melted Dalek in GCHQ, and you know yeah. how people would react to that. And it's kind of interesting that they have sort of picked up on that thread. Um, although we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I guess something to ask about first. So one thing that's easy to forget about now is that. Before the episode aired, I mean, technically until about a day or two before the episode aired, uh, people didn't know it was going to have a Dalek in it. People kind of suspected mm. um, it was, you know, it was teased. And I think, I think actually there was a radio trailer that kind of spoiled it by having someone say exterminate. And also, I think at the screening, some kid um, videoed it and put it on Insta stories when Christian <laughs> was saying, oh, we brought back the Daleks. Um, so I think that kind of, I think a few people kind of knew, but it was also, it was presented within the story as a surprise, you know. Um, and I don't know what you think about that as an approach, because I, I, I do think it's quite interesting, but I think it kind of, I think maybe they learned from it, because when they next kind of did stuff like that with Spyfall similar in that they kind of teased it without revealing the master, but I feel like with Fugitive of the Jadoon, they had a good thing where they teased the episode bringing back the Jadoon, but then there was another twist. Whereas with this, I feel like by taking the Dalek out of the preamble, you kind of didn't have much to promote. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, well, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, Doctor Who is, has a, an, a varied history of the way in which it will approach publicising uh, the return of the Daleks, where um, uh, the, the stories in which they feature were almost invariably called something of the Daleks. Um, but then it was always played as a huge surprise within the story uh, when the Daleks returned, which is a very odd, odd approach to take, sort of neither here nor there. Um, and with this, I mean, from memory, I think there was a there was a teaser trailer for Resolution that was just the Doctor uh, making reference to, oh, it's the most fearsome creature in the galaxy. And then, and then Graham says, does it have a name? And then it just sort of cuts and you go, you know what it is, but they don't actually say it. But then I'm pretty sure there was then a, a tweaked version of that same trailer where um, I, I think you're, they, the, you heard an exterminate or, or something along those lines. So they were, kind of, they were kind of teasing it. And I don't know if that was, whether that was always the plan to kind of drip feed the, the, drip feed the Dalek or whether or not they thought, do you know what? Let's just let's just go for it here. Let's let's publicise the fact that we have a Dalek in there. Because I like I think on balance, I mean, there's always um, arguments on both sides. Like I think, for example, um, slight sidebar, but I think in in series ten, if they hadn't announced that John Sim was coming back, um, that would have that reveal um, in World Enough and Time would have been so much more powerful. Because that, that's an episode that that's an episode that builds and builds. But I think it would have also felt extremely strange and out of nowhere because it wasn't. It wouldn't have because it wasn't really built up to in the series itself. I, I feel like for the casual viewer, I mean, the casual viewer wouldn't have known he was an ass anyway. But I did always think if we hadn't known it, and then John Sim just suddenly emerged. I remember <laughs> when we were, we were at the screening, I think for the for the series, and they like revealed it at a trailer at the end. I remember I had that like, what? <laughs> <laughs> why yeah. kind of like not in a good way kind of moment and I, yeah. I feel like you would have had that also it would have been a bit like if you know at the end of the timeless children um you know uh a shad the cyberman i'm i'm really not sure i'm going to finish the sentence a shad the cyberman ripped off his mask and it turned out to be you know adam the companion from you know series <laughs> whatever like it, 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 yeah. it was it was just a bit like what that wasn't built up to us all but yeah i kind of know what you mean. it would have been a great twist 
Mm. It just felt like that whole episode was hinging on that, a bit like the Dalek stories of old. That whole episode um, was hinging on this twist, which we already knew. So we were just kind yeah. of, I was just looking at my watch a little bit. Going, Come on, I know that's John Sim behind some very good makeup, but I know it's him. Let's just get, let's cut to the chase. Anyway, so I, I feel like with, um, with, re with Resolution and with Doctor Who in general, I think it's always better to kind of um, make a song and dance about the fact that you've got this, this, um, you know, this, what your main attraction is, the fact that you've got the Daleks back in it. I mean, the thing that solved the mystery for me was when I went to the screening and Nicholas Briggs was sitting in the front row. I was like, hmm. Always, yeah, no, I remember that. I remember seeing Nick Briggs walk in and go, oh, that's a giveaway. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> dead giveaway. I wrote that in my notes. I was like, Nick Briggs is here. We're on. Um, <laughs> no, it's kind of interesting. I, 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 I spoke to Chris Chibnall and Matt Strevens recently, and one of the things they said about this episode, which I thought was really interesting, was which I think they might have said before, that it's kind of a Dalek story in reverse. So like take Dalek, which is the kind of, you know, the revived series kind of premiere Dalek episode. Um, you kind of, you meet the Dalek, you see, you know, the Dalek doing its Dalek stuff, and then it opens up and you see the mutant within and it's all, all vulnerable and stuff. And that's kind of the pattern we have on a lot of Dalek stories, especially the longer ones. And I think the interesting thing they've done with this, which they said was intentional, was they tried to do it in reverse. That So you basically you kind of meet the Dalek at its lowest ebb, when it's kind of like dead essentially and then it kind of regenerates itself very handily put a uv light on it, it just teleports his body from around the world that's not let's not you know delve into why that's a thing daleks can do and why they don't do it all the time um, and then you know but we see the dalek kind of it's a little like the ice warriors uh, cold war episode you kind of see what the dalek is like without the armor essentially and i thought that was quite interesting like it was quite interesting hearing like nick briggs do a kind of non Me mechanic Dalek voice and it's quite interesting mm. seeing them kind of you know taking over people like Remy and Ratatouille <laughs> uh, <laughs> and sort of making them move around and you know kill people rather than you know do nice souffles or whatever um, but yeah and then obviously gr and obviously gradually they kind of get to the real Dalek only in the last 20 minutes or so but I think I think that's fun the way it builds mm. to the reveal of of the recon Dalek because that that's the that's the trick that this episode plays is that yeah you do uh, well well most most people I think knew that this episode maybe had a Dalek in it uh, when it was broadcast but it kind of keeps you waiting for the Dalek in its full Daleky form <laughs> um, yeah so it, so there's that there's that fun moment of reveal when you see that it's um. It, the recon Dalek has sort of reassembled itself from from junkyard scrap. But then before that, before it gives us kind of classic Dalek, you do get a fun new innovative twist on the Daleks with um, the Dalek mutant using Lynn, Charlotte Ritchie's character, as its as its passenger and um, throwing that new skill into the Daleks' arsenal. Which again, not sure why they don't do that more often. Um, well, it does well. look like they might do it in um, in the new episode actually, because there's a bit in the trailer where yeah. a Dalek jumps onto um, Mandic Gill. So it looks like, incidentally, I'm not sure if this is true, but I've heard a rumor, here's the rumor mill, we should get a sound effect for the rumor mill. Apparently the original plan for this episode was that the Dalek was gonna take over Yaz, which is why there's a bit where Lynn steals a police car and drives around being a police right. officer. Um, but it was kind of like there was some, they changed it, I think, um, partly because of there was some, they didn't have time, or Mandy Gill wasn't in the country when they needed to film the car chase. So right. they changed it. I mean, I don't know how true that is because casting would have been a bit earlier than that but um i think that would be quite interesting i do wonder whether that's something based on the little clip in the trailer of yaz being attacked by one that's something they're maybe going to pick up and you do wonder whether it might have been more powerful to have one of um the doctor's friends kind of 
being driven by the Dalek, but you kind of have it a little bit with Aaron. On the flip side, Yaz then would have killed about eight people. So. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I do think that's interesting. And I, I do wonder if there's some truth to that because um, I, I think the one of the strengths of this episode actually is the supporting characters. Um, I Charlotte was definitely going to say... Yeah. Nikesh Patel is Mitch. They're almost like they're kind of immediately very charming and likable. Like from that first scene in the sewers, it establishes their relationship and the characters really well. They're almost sort of like potential companion material. I, I, I would say Charlotte Ritchie is one of the like best denied companions we've had in recent yeah. years. Like I think she's so good in that episode, really underrated actually. Um, like she could have probably done a lot less, but she, you know, she's basically being a Dalek as a human for a lot of it and also mm. being her character. And I think she does a really, really good job. Because a lot of the time it's just her with like a little bit of prosthetic on her back, you know, kind of yeah. wiggling its tentacles around. <laughs> but having said having said the fact that they're both great, um, I think we talked about this um, when we were talking about uh, Bradley Walsh and Tosin Cole leaving Doctor Who. But Resolution is is I think without question Brian's best episode because he gets yeah. the, the storyline with his dad returning. There's uh, his best scene in particular is that scene in the cafe where he's kind of confronting his wayward dad and he's saying like, "Don't come here," demanding respect. That's not where we are. I think Tosin's brilliant in that scene, actually. And then, actually, I'd forgotten. I remembered that, but I'd forgotten that Bradley Walsh actually has um, a few nice scenes in this as well. Some of the emotional stuff where he's talking to Aaron, Ryan's dad, and he's remembering Grace and how much she loved her son. And then he gets some fun moments as well, like slamming the door in Ryan's uh, in, in Aaron's face. And the um, the uh, it travels in space and time is very, very dramatic as the title materializes. So he has some fun stuff to do. Yaz, by comparison, doesn't actually have a lot to do in this episode. So that whole thing of that maybe her plot was given to Lynn. And then equally, um, uh, Lynn and Mitch kind of vanish a bit towards the end of the story. They don't actually yeah. have much to do in the final act. So all of that would kind of make sense if, if that storyline was originally intended for Yaz. Yeah, and a lot of what Mitch and Lynn do is like on their own, away from the other cast. So it could have been shot yeah. at any time, really. Um, <clears throat> I do think if this episode has a fault, it's that there's a lot going on. And we said it's very fast-paced. You kind of don't, there's a lot of characters, which is a thing we've talked about a lot in this era of Doctor Who, mm. because you have three companions. If you then add loads of guest cast, it like, it's tricky to find them what to do. And obviously we have three kind of major guest cast plus the Dalek in this episode. So um, I do think like, like you said, Yaz doesn't have that much to do. Aaron is kind of, you know, has really good scenes with Ryan, but he's sort of, I liked Aaron. I kind of wish we'd seen him a bit more. It seems like we probably won't see him again now if Ryan's leaving, unless he appears in Resolution. Uh, unless he Revolution. makes a yeah, no, unless he makes a secret cameo in the uh, festive special, which I think would be nice because it would be nice, does nice way to bookend it. Yeah, yeah, and if Ryan's coming home, him him returning to his dad. Although, and as much as I generally um, am a sucker for a happy ending, and and I don't like uh, mean spirited twists in the tale, I do wonder if this episode would have been more powerful had Aaron sacrificed himself at the end to save to save Ryan, you know, throwing himself into the supernova. Mm. Maybe I'm just getting way too dark and this just speaks to my thought process. But I do wonder that final scene where Aaron's, what, how I thought it was going to go was Aaron with the Dalek mutant attached would throw himself into the supernova to destroy the Dalek and say, and sort of, you know, as, as an act of love to his son to show him how much he means to him. He, he, um, he does that, sacrifices himself. But I don't know, maybe, maybe that's not very Doctor Who. Maybe the way it goes is, is the right I way. think it would have worked well in the story. I do wonder what it would work as for the series as a whole, because then yeah. you've got Ryan's dad died because of the Doctor, kind of. Um, and <laughs> yeah. then it's kind of, that's what hanging over it. I, I think that maybe, you're right though, maybe he should have tried to, maybe he should have yeah. offered, and then they find another way. A little like in um, Praxius, when, um, mm. you know, the police Warren guy, Brown. Warren, Warren Brown, you know, offers to sacrifice himself, and then the Doctor manages to save him anyway. I think mm. that's, that maybe that kind of thing. But then maybe that would have been a bit of a cop-out, who knows. Um, 
so what we should probably talk about the Dalek uh, itself uh, in the episode. Mm. Um, it was kind of a controversial look uh, when this Dalek came out. I mean, some people quite liked it, but people said it looked like it was wearing a corset. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it was on a New Year's diet. Um, it was, yeah, it was a little bit skinny around the midriff. Yeah, which is apparently, I think it's something they actually took into account because when I asked Matt Strevens about it, he said, we've bulked out the middle bit <laughs> specifically. <laughs> yeah. um, so don't worry. Um, but yeah, no, it, I mean, I quite liked the fact that we kind of got a new Dalek design. And I think the thing I liked about it, which I think they've also tried to do for Revolution of the Daleks, is it was kind of clear that this wasn't going to be necessarily what Daleks looked like forever. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It was kind of like an interesting, it's a little like, again, a little like a shad uh, towards the end of series 12. It's an interesting design, but you know it's not what Daleks or Cybermen are going to look like from here on out. It's basically the kind of rusted steampunk version of a Dalek or Cyberman. Yeah, it's like a variant Dalek, right? Mm. Rather than um, necessarily the new the new default. And going back to what you were saying earlier about um, watching this episode and, and thinking, oh, this is what this is what I want Doctor Who to be. Uh, I don't know if that just makes us really basic Doctor Who fans, but like, there there is something about um, when I watched that scene where the Dalek take where the recon Dalek takes on the armed forces and is just blowing up everything and there's explosions everywhere and that scene is really the sequence is really well shot. Um, I felt kind of like I remember watching that for the first time and just feeling like butterflies in my stomach a little bit, which is that that kind of level of excitement that I felt when Doctor Who was first back, which I think yeah. naturally kind of dissipates a little bit as you get used to as you get used to Doctor Who being back. I mean that's 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 kind of un, un, unavoidable, but I remember when. Uh, particularly sort of something like um, the cliffhanger to Army of Ghosts when it, the Daleks emerge and it's, oh my God, they're going to do Daleks versus Cybermen and how excited I was. I felt like a little bit of that again, um, which, which I hadn't felt with Doctor Who for a while because I think I'd gotten, I'd gotten so used to it. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I, I actually think, I agree that the, the design has a few interesting quirks to it, which they do seem to have, have worked out for, um, for Revolution of the Daleks, the Dalek as put on a bit of bulk over Christmas, perhaps, like m many of us will. Um, but generally, I think, as I said, that the Dalek is, is really well handled in the story. Definitely. I think it's interesting as well, the, the point you make that, I definitely also felt that way a year later when we had the Sasha Dewan as the master reveal. That felt mm. to me like, that was exciting. That felt like kind of mm. old, you know, old school, new who. And I feel like those moments are kind of, you know, I think series 11 for its positives and negatives, you know, was slightly lacking in those sort of moments where you're like, oh my God, this is so exciting. Do you know what I mean? There's certain, yeah, there's certain moments as a Doctor Who fan and I'm outing myself as a massive nerd now, but I, don't, I think I've done that long ago. But there's a certain moments that every so often you'll just go back and watch on YouTube because because yes. they're so oh, good God, yeah. because because they're because they're so good and one of those is um is the Sasha Dewan master reveal scene I'll just go back and watch it and go oh this scene's so good Sasha's so good in this scene um just because it's, it's it's fun and I think I feel similarly about the the Dalek versus armed forces scene in this yeah I, I think series 11 for all its strengths you know I'm certainly not series 11 hater but I feel like it possibly because it was lacking in old monsters and that type of thing it was missing that that sense of like occasion it was missing those big big moments like regeneration scenes and the reveal of a master um that you do go back and revisit over and over i have to ask as well um one bit of the episode that rewatching struck me as something I, I probably liked less this time around was the way in which the dalek is defeated um obviously i think it's sort of love or something that defeats the, <laughs> the squid but um no that, I, would, that would be that would be ridiculous that is that is how closing time ends but yes not how this ends no, the way this ends is that they sort of run up to the Dalek. Jodie Whittaker does a skid, um, yeah. does a couple of kick flips on a skateboard and a wheelie. And then um, they just sort of tape some bits of a microwave to the outside of a Dalek, then sort of step back. And it's like, 
why are there bits of a microwave on me? What the hell? And then he, yeah. it just kind of like melts him. And then obviously, you know, they do a, a more of a thing with the Dalek mutant and stuff. And I was like, this is a pretty naff way to defeat a Dalek. It reminds me of, I did think that bit at the end of um, Journey's End where they kind of turn off the Dalek controls and they just start pushing mm. them around and stuff. I don't like it when people touch Daleks. I know that sounds really weird, but it feels like you shouldn't be able to get that close to them that, right. that easily. Do you know what I mean? I feel like if you're yeah. touching the outside, that's bad. I feel like you're in trouble. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It shouldn't be like, just go quick, just shove it over there. <laughs> I Yeah, no, and I, I think you're right in terms of the ending and, and the way the Dalek is defeated. It's a tough balance, I think, with Doctor Who because Doctor Who is, and sometimes I get hate when I say this, but I'll, I'll stick by it. Doctor Who is kind of inherent silly a little bit like i don't i kind of don't want hard science from doctor who it's more it's more sort of science fantasy in that way like i'm fine with reverse the polarity of the neutron flow and technobabble and that kind of thing having said that if you're if your ending lacks any kind of dramatic heft or credibility you have to kind of you have to sell it right i think you're gonna give me a technobabble um slightly silly ending um, and I don't think this quite nails it. As you say, the Doctor does a skid, attaches a microwave to a Dalek, and it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite sell it, which is, I'd say, as much as I enjoy this episode, is one of its few negative points. It's Chekhov's microwave. Aaron carries that microwave <laughs> combination oven around with him into the TARDIS for some reason. Just like, yeah. just sort of takes it around with him everywhere he goes, and it's finally useful in the end. Very odd. It's like they had a sponsorship also, or something. Also, maybe it's maybe it's the point because Aaron is um, a bit of a useless wheeler dealer. But like, who's that excited about a microwave oven in 2020? Like, it's it's, it's a fairly standard invention. I, but, I don't, but he's so excited about it, he carries it around all the time, touting this great thing he thinks he's invented. Anyway. Well, it was actually 2019 when everyone was very very into microwave ovens. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was it was a different time. Um, we should probably start to wrap up there. But I will just say one thing we should uh, touch on is we've we touched on this at the start, but. Uh, Revolution of the Daleks is apparently kind of a sequel to Resolution, as mm -hmm. well as its standalone thing. Um, so I guess, what do we think will get picked up from this episode? It seems like, from what we've speculated about before, um, it seems likely that the premise of this episode is that um, basically somebody is trying to make Daleks. Um, since we mm -hmm. recorded our last episode, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, who plays Leo Ragazzi in the episode, has said his character's cultivating an evil embryo, which sounds a bit like someone's trying to make a Dalek to go inside the suit. Um, I had sort of forgotten quite how badly the Dalek is destroyed in, <laughs> uh, in this episode before we watching it. But it seems, you know, it was still kind of there. Like you had kind of had the, the skeleton of it. Um, yeah. So you have the, you have the burnt out husk at least of a, of a Dalek in, um, in, in, in GCHQ. And if you're going down the Terminator route, there was always like, there'd always be like an arm of a Terminator left, yes. which meant that, um, which meant that Cyberdyne could rebuild a whole Terminator somehow from that. So, uh, you know, that logic holds, but also um, MD, MDZ, is it the, 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 the company? I think so, yeah. Yeah, which um, is this weapons research company, which has a Dalek gun, which is where Lynn finds the Dalek gun. That suggests that, you know, potentially they're already developing Right? Why? Why do they have a Dalek gun? That uh, they're presumably they're researching the tech. They're trying to replicate that tech themselves. Um, so the the idea, if that is indeed what's happening, that that um, the, the British government is trying to make their own Daleks, that could have been something that has been happening before the events of of Resolution. You know that this sort of technological development, um, the attempt to ape the Daleks, has actually been going on for a little while in the background. Yeah, so I think that'll definitely get picked up as well. And obviously, of course, we'll open on the shot of that cafe owner treasuring his new brilliant combination microwave uh, and oven, um, which cooks like a dream. Um, and then, you know, the, the family at the end will be like, oh no, how are we going to fit all these Daleks? Aaron kicks the door down, never fear. 
got this fleet of microwaves uh, ready to staple to any Dalek that comes near them. And the world is saved again. Um, I'm, you know, sorry for spoiling that for everybody. It's a very moving final 15 minutes. Um, sadly, uh, Ryan and Graham hurt their fingers in the microwave doors, and that's why they have to leave the show. But um, it's going to be it's going to be a real winner. Uh, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> um, just to be clear, that's probably not what's going to happen. But you know what? You never know. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. You have to you have to retract that. That's going to be all over Outpost Gallifrey by uh, yeah. Is that what it's still called? Who knows? I think so. But what do you think? Uh, those of you who've been listening, or indeed are still listening to us after talking about Resolution all that time, uh, do you think Resolution is an underrated Doctor Who episode? Did you like that Return of the Dalek? And how do you think it's going to impact on Revolution of the Daleks? Please let us know in the comments. Uh, you can listen to this podcast um, in any and all of the podcast places where you find podcasts, uh, very technical stuff. Um, and yeah, we'll be back um, in the coming weeks with some previews and reviews of Revolution of the Daleks when we get that. Uh, and we'll also be back with a special, a special podcast episode on Christmas Day. Yeah, so it was it a change to our schedule programming. Um, so yeah, we're not quite sure when some of these episodes are going to drop. It kind of depends on uh, embargoes and stuff. But we'll let you know. Keep an eye on our Twitter account and our YouTube channel and obviously on radiotimes.com where you can also find lots of other Doctor Who content. Uh, until then, I've been Hugh. I've been Morgan. And this has been us yammering on about Daleks once again. Goodbye.